Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to Firing Synapses. This is a show all about exploration. I want to learn what makes you, you. This includes your hobbies, passions, whatever else drives an emotion. However, if you want to come on just to vent about what's currently bothering you, I'm perfectly fine with that as well. My goal for this show is for you to have a good time, learn something, and have the opportunity to talk about what you normally would not get a chance to share with others. Thank you and enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. For those return listeners, I thank you very much. I appreciate all the love. For those of you who are new to this endeavor, I am your host, Matt. Joining me on today's episode, the host of the Flapping Bun... The Flapping Bungs Podcast. The host of the Flapping Gums Podcast. Metal World Thief, a.k.a. Metal World Jesus, a.k.a. Mr. Steal Your Blunt. Thank you for having me back on. If you've listened to this podcast before, you know me, you love me, you're happy to have me. Yay! Honestly, you're welcome. My time is my money, and I would rather give my financial stakes and any ducats that I have to a go-getter like Machu Hamadi. Thank you very much, Meta. This is why I always have you on. Um, also joining me to, on the show, man, I'm having trouble with word words today, the host of Smoking Wit Podcast. Please, everyone, welcome Garrett to the show. Hi, Garrett. What's going on? I don't know if I can match uh, his energy, honestly. <laughs> That's just so, so, Listen here, brother. No one can match my energy <laughs> pound for pound. But here's the thing. Yeah. If you just kind of hang in there, I'll carry you to the finish line. Yeah. So normally I'll I'll cut that part <laughs> out because, you know, that's my only part that I'll try to get a restart. But you know what? I think I'll leave it on. So on today's episode, we're going to be talking about cannabis. And so I know, Garrett, this is the first time you're on the show. But the as- 90s rapper Cannabis? Who famously battled LL Cool J and lost? I, I'm I take it that's a true story. <laughs> but what I was going to tell Garrett is, since he's new, I, I'm I'm sure he's not aware of this rule. But uh, as as a guest on the show, you have to send your product over, whatever you're trying to promote. So when, sure. when the when the show's off air, I'll give you my address and you can send me some some things. I can send you whatever you want, man. I got beans. I got weed. I got I got extract. What do you need, man? I'll send it your way. <laughs> Bro, I had to record my podcast on CDs and send it to him. I was like, who even has a CD player? But he made me do it because I was a guest on his podcast. Well, isn't that what uh, whoever the big government people, they're sending the UFO shit. They send it out on a CD, all that aliens and shit just recently. You really not know what I'm talking about, guys? No. I don't know about the CD <laughs> part, but I've been, I've talked about aliens at least the last three podcasts. <laughs> yeah, there was just, a, it was just the, the, the entire compilation of whatever they've, uh, whoever, Area 51 or whatever, they just, they compiled it all because they had to, right? And so they sent it out on a CD. And I don't know what the, re- the purpose was that of, but uh, some guy converted it all to PDF so people could read it. Oh, I get what you're saying. And I, I literally spoke about this on my podcast yesterday where um, in the COVID relief fund bill that was passed that got us to $600, 
they put in a thing where every intelligence agency has 180 days to release all the information that they have on extraterrestrials and UFOs. So I got a question about the CD. I mean, wouldn't it make more sense to uh, like be DVD or Blu-ray? You know, you would think that you got a big box of uh, compilation CDs. Yeah, because the CD can only hold so much, right? I remember burning CDs back in the day, and I can only hold like 20 songs. Yeah, unless you drop the quality way down. It's like, right. do, do I want to fit more on here, or do I want good quality? Yeah, but do you guys remember when MP3 CDs came out, and you could put like 150 songs if you had the right CD player? They were the little, the little mini ones, right? No, no, no. It was, you had to have an MP3 CD compatible, like, tape or head unit in your vehicle. And you could format it in a way that you could put, like, 150 to 200 songs, depending on the quality. Right, 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 yeah. And then you could put it in, like, subfolders and then be like, all right, let me skip. And I'm like, all right, I got more than 20 songs. I don't have to go through the my six CD changer in the back of the car. Right. I could just throw in one and be good to go. Yeah, I just skipped straight to the MP3 player. I didn't. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Fair enough. How old, I mean, how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? Um, I just turned 27, actually. Seven. All right, so I'm 33. That five-year gap is literally the gap where I saw a bunch of nonsense fail. You know what I'm saying? See, and I'm, I'm 38, so I got even a couple more years on you, too. So I've seen See? yeah, more things come and go. Hey, oh. Don't let this <laughs> motherfucker talk about Laserdisc. <laughs> oh my god got some eight tracks i wish i had a I, my dad had a whole big collection of eight tracks with his car you know had eight tracks uh, i wanted a laser disc player just because it looked so awesome and shiny and you know as opposed to like a record which was like just black and you know sometimes you Bro, get around you know how big a laser disc is yeah the thing was it was if you got tired of listening to the album you could hurt somebody with it good you know it was the first time i saw a laser disc it was 2003. I must have been like 15 or 16. And they had just gotten them in my school as like some revolutionary technology. And the teacher, the science teacher brought out like some documentary and it was way bigger than a record. Yeah, you, you had to hold it with two hands. I mean, there was no like I could I could hold it on the, the nub, I guess, or whatever the center part is. Yeah, this was this was massive. Uh, so we got completely. Would you call off. it the cornhole? Um, no, that's way too big. It's not eight, nine inches from the back. Um, so I know we got way off topic. So let's get back to topic at hand. This is what we're actually coming about. So we're talking about cannabis today. So Garrett, you're the one that came to me and said you're passionate about it. Um, and I know for the people who are listening, they can't see your room, but it's very uh, cannabis friendly. I would say. Yeah, that's my girl. She just decorated this. This is like her room. We have a two-bedroom apartment, and this is like her room specifically. But I do have over in the corner there a little, little my corner that I get to grow one plant in. Hey, Garrett, <laughs> can we be honest? They're all her rooms. Yeah, you're. Yeah, I, I live with my girlfriend as well, and it's like some days I wake up looking for a specific item of clothing, and I'm like, nothing in this house is mine. Where is my stuff? I think the one room that I actually do have control over is one bathroom. Well, yeah. No, oh, my your closet. closet? Yeah, that's Yo, it. Yo, dude, here's my beef <laughs> with that, right? So I'm supposed to have domain and dominion over my closet, but then sometimes she'll find something somewhere and just shove it in my closet like it belongs there. That don't go there. Well, it does. According to them. <laughs> 
according to them. Everything is theirs. Uh, right, I'll stop derailing. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> so, uh, so Garrett, um, we're like I said, we're talking, we're trying to talk about cannabis. I mean, this will this will be a good while. Like after we've already been, you know, uh, uh, induced by can- uh, cannabis. Uh, but so, kind of, how did like you get started? Uh, just for recreation? Did you do it for uh, medical purposes? Uh, just to make money? Uh, actually, no. I don't know that I've ever actually made money off of selling or anything. So I first got introduced to it back when I was like 16 in high school. And I had a buddy, I just went over to his house and it actually, it was his buddy's house. So it was a guy and I didn't even know. And we ended up uh, smoking because that was the whole purpose of going over there out of this like sweet two liter rigged uh, bong that they had made as it goes. And uh, we ended up uh, microwaving a bunch of stuff that uh like freezer food that wasn't recommended to be microwaved you know it's like do not microwave on the thing and we watched starsky and hutch and laughed our ass off so that was kind of how i started uh and then since then i've just kind of smoked recreationally um i've had my medical card just to grow uh legally in the state um and yeah i just i don't know i picked it up and never let it go for the record and those of you listening at home he said to grow legally he put a uh in the middle and it sounds like he said illegally. Uh, I want to oh, clarify. No. For legal legally. <laughs> I, don't worry, bro. I'm I'm like a hood lawyer. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> can I ask can I ask uh, a question? Um <laughs> the floor is that yours. <laughs> oh, sorry, no, I'm sorry. Because I'm in- enthusiastically enjoying cannabis right now. Uh did you get high the first time you smoked? Yeah, actually, because I actually that's funny because a lot of people are like, oh, no, I don't get. Did you? I didn't. I definitely didn't. Really? No, I got I got really high uh, to the point to where they started fucking with me because they were high. Because like I said, I went to a friend's of a friend's house and this kid I didn't really know very well. And he was like two grades above us. So he was like a little <laughs> senior and, and I wasn't um, I didn't know him very well. And so like I was high and then we were just like having laughing and whatnot. And then all of a sudden he's just like get the fuck out of my house. And I was like, what, wait, what? <laughs> and he was like, no, I'm serious. You need to leave. And I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm high as fuck right now. Like you expect me to just drive away. Like, no. And then he was just completely fucking with me, but like, it was, yeah, I got high for sure. I've definitely witnessed that. Like I've never been that guy, but I've witnessed people like drink for the first time or smoke for the first time. And then the person who's the host is like, yeah, gotta go, bro. And they're in no condition to go at all whatsoever. And did they mean it or was it like a complete joke? Half and half? 50-50? Oh, no. <laughs> that's that's kind of fucked up. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, I totally agree with you. It's super fucked up. And um, my next question is going to be, do you remember the first time you made a deal with God to save you from smoking too much? Like, oh. The first time you started, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes. Yeah, um, I don't, I wouldn't say that it was, it was from smoking too much. I want to say that it was RSO, dude. Like me and RSO have. This- Wait, what does RSO mean? I'm sorry, what? You know what that means, though, right? No, I, no, I don't. Oh shit. Okay, so Rick Simpson oil. So it's basically a. Oh, form I know of- what that means. I've never heard RSO though. Yeah, it's just the common way to say it. Um, but yeah, Rick Simpson right. oil basically ethanol extracted cannabis and so the reason for doing it through uh alcohol or ethanol is uh to maintain like the full 
uh, cannabinoid profile. And so it's like the full scope of the plant rather than just stripping it for the THC or CBD or whatever the fuck you want. Um, I'm allowed to cuss, right? Yeah, uh, that's fine. Okay. Um, it just comes out. Uh, they're like flavor words. Um, so yeah, so, but that is like extremely potent stuff. So they'll give it to you in like a gram syringe. It's kind of ghetto looking, but it's like this dark, uh, liquid, um, that's very thick. And, uh, they say to do like a rice grain amount. And I did probably like a quarter of the, the syringe. Cause I was like, no, they're wrong. Like I've been smoking for five years. Like, so a, so a, a quarter of a syringe. That's like 50, 60 grains of rice. I roughly yeah so like so if you had something and it was like 70 percent uh and it was a full gram rso what you have is i think somewhere along the lines of seven thousand milligrams in that 700 or seven thousand i don't know I'm, I'm not the best at math um but uh yeah so a quarter of that would be what 250 Something like that. I don't know. I'm again. I'm not great at math, but like, bro, I'm, I'm not a. I'm not an accountant. Yeah, I'm not either. Uh, my girlfriend's an accountant, but not that kind of accountant. That's hilarious. Um, but yeah, no, it was like, and I don't know if you guys have fucked with edibles too much, but like, uh, yes. I, I'm I'm pretty decent on like a hundred milligrams nowadays. But like doing that for the first time, doing like two to two hundred fifty milligrams, I was at a point to where like I was sitting and watching TV, and I was like almost like my my brain i had to think about telling my heart to beat like that's kind of the mind space that i was at and so i just decided to go uh lay down and i fell asleep and i slept for like 14 hours here's my here's my stance on edibles right they are so wildly unpredictable Mm -hmm. and even if they're let's say they were predictable it's unpredictable how it's going to affect you depending on how hydrated you are how much food you have in your stomach and different things like that All that, all that shit. So over the past year or so, I started doing firecracker edibles. So for those at home, it's a single dose serving of edibles. You can go anywhere from 0.5, like half a gram to a full gram, depending on your perceived tolerance. And you just, you know, you preheat it in the oven, you put it into some fatty shit, you put it back in the oven and you go and you eat that. Now, That being said, I now have my formula that works for me. I know how much food I need to eat to eat this one dose of edible. And it works so much better for me to make my own now because I know how to prepare for it. Like I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to go out for dinner and then have an edible because I'm going to wake up at three o'clock in the morning being like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. Edibles are are definitely unpredictable. I've had many people give me. edibles that they made and i almost refused to take them because the dosing is so like you said unpredictable that i don't even want to fuck with it i've been there i've been there two or three times now and i don't i don't like it it's just not not comfortable for sure you know what is actually the most common problem with homemade edibles and people don't even discuss this or acknowledge this as an issue even if you do the dosing properly and you do you know, the process of making it into a butter or an oil properly. Some people aren't able to like evenly dispense the edibles in like, let's say a brownie sheet. So some like some brownies will be stronger than others. 
because right. they're amateur bakers. And that's a problem too, that no one really discusses or discloses. So you have to be good in the culinary arts and, and the, uh, uh, yeah, pretty much in the culinary arts to get them all nice and even. You don't want, you know, if you get like the corner piece is, is very potent, but the one in the center has like nothing. So like a lasagna or a Sicilian pie. What do you think? Am I bugging on that? Or what do you think? Garrett? Oh, wait, wait about the lasagna? <laughs> about the uneven <laughs> distribution of THC no. throughout a product. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, and then um, I want to say too that uh, that the majority, because I've, I've worked in the retail space, I've worked pretty much every avenue of, of cannabis up here in Washington. But um, in the retail space, I've had so many people come in and say that they don't like to smoke or then they want to do edibles because the first time that they experienced cannabis or they're so uh sorry the first time that they had experienced cannabis was through an edible and that completely warped their uh, interpretation of it and so like that and that's almost 99 percent of the time that people get afraid of trying cannabis again is because they took an edible from somebody who gave it to them and it was just improperly dosed and they had a bad time but that that kind of goes back yeah. to the uh if you don't distribute your oil or butter correctly you're going to get yeah, higher doses than some. So some piece might be completely overdose and one piece might be underdose. So you get that variance of, uh, you know, uh, product. Um, but is, is here's what I'll say to that point. I think the point that Garrett is trying to make is that people's first exposure to cannabis is through an edible. Now, I'm not sure how familiar you are with edibles versus inhalables, but Inedible is processed by your liver in a different yep. type of way. It's an entire different, I don't want to call it a drug, but it's an entire different chemical process and substance. And look, it's 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 like getting on a really fucking huge roller coaster. And once you start going up that hill and you're like, no, take me off. No, it's too late. It's already too late. Whereas if you smoke cannabis, you can eat like a fatty sandwich and chill yourself out. Fatty sandwich, lots of water, take a shit, take a piss. Honestly, you want to sober yourself up off of cannabis? You go in another room, you jerk off, you bust a nut, you're going to be sober as a judge. But you're you know, not wrong. Yeah, <laughs> but once you're on that fucking, that liver, what is it called? Five whatever, HT metabolite, whatever the fuck it's called, where it goes to your liver as an edible it's a whole different substance regarding cannabis ingestion and processes in your body. Yeah, I would, I would definitely relate it more. It's like a more psychedelic experience for sure. It synthesizes uh, completely different than if you're inhaling it. So yeah, I agree with you at hundred percent on that. So, I, I mean, that was kind of my next question was like, so obviously there's different ways to take it in, whether it be edibles or, uh, you know, smoking it. Um, so do each of the the ways you take it in will affect a how how quick it kicks in b how long it lasts you know how you uh, how you can uh, neutralize it if you took too much i mean what's kind of the process behind that Garrett, you got this and i'll fill in the i'll fill in the gaps all right so you're are you are you saying like what would be the best way to uh, initially do it, or what are you what are you asking? Again? Sorry. So, so I have very little experience. I had a couple edibles. Um, I tried smoking, but I don't 
like I, I'm used to smoking cigars, so I don't actually inhale. So I, you know, I kind of miss that process type of thing. So as someone who's pretty much on the outside, but you know, you know, trying to try type of thing, the different processes, how did they differ for, you know, how long it takes to, to affect you? How long does it last? You know, uh, once you get there, you know, is there anything that you can do to calm down? You just said the edibles, like once you take your, you're gripping it and ripping it, you take it and you go. Um, Basically he's asking what are the different ways that weed affects you or cannabis rather, depending on the different forms of ingestion. Oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah. So like when you're inhaling it, any way you want to do it, concentrate. Uh, also, hold on real quick. Also, yeah. an important thing that he was saying, he wants to know how long they last compared to other versions of ingestion. Oh, for sure. And it's going to depend kind of on um, on like your tolerance to it. So if you're smoking it, uh, I would say like for me, um, it generally lasts anywhere between 30 minutes to an hour, uh, depending on how much I smoked and what I smoked. Say if it's like a gram of flour, uh, anywhere between 30 minutes to an hour, whereas like an edible, depending on the dosage, of course, uh, that could be multiple hours. Um, and there, there are ways to combat like, uh, your high, if it's too much, um, I have never really had to worry about it too much, or I've been too far gone that I don't want to even think about ingesting anything else. But like CBD is one way to kind of cut that. Um, because you have two CB receptors, your CB one and your CB two receptors, and you're, and that's all just part of your, uh, your cannabinoid system within your body. And you have little receptors in your liver, in your brain, in your lungs, uh, and so, um, so, and, and if you, if, if you have THC talking to one and CBD talks to the other, uh, CBD will kind of, uh, intercept, uh, the, the receptors from taking in that THC and kind of, uh, negate or cut the effects of THC. So can, I, some- can I ask you to do me a favor, sir? While yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about, can you explain to those listening at home the difference between THC and CBD and then why they counteract? You know what I mean? Because I know he doesn't know what you're saying. Yeah, right that's now. that's why I was just going to, I was waiting for a space. <laughs> I'm like, I don't like, I understand that there's THC, which apparently is, is that's pretty much what gives you your euphoric feeling, correct? Well, let him tell you. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I mean, euphoric is, is, is one way to describe it, but there's a lot of different ways. I mean, it could make you super paranoid and anxious if you have it just by itself. Uh, that's, uh, but so THC is going to be like your psychoactive component, uh, of cannabis, your main psychoactive component of cannabis. And then CBD is going to be more of the, um, I guess like it's quote unquote, the healing properties, uh, or can be, I mean, there's things that are like anti-anxiety, anti-inflammatory, um, things. So, um, with that anti-anxiety property and you have this, uh, THC, whereas if you had it in your, your raw, um, form, such as like a distillate, which you distill it down into just THC and you just ingested that, um, I forgot where I was going with that. Um, but yeah, so THC is going to be your, your main psychoactive component, but there's like a bunch of subcategories, which we won't get into today, but, uh, those are the two main ones that, uh, that I think you're asking about. Okay. So let me break that down for you. THC is the shit that gets you high and it's in cannabis and CBD is all the stuff that makes you mellow in cannabis and also has healing properties and things like that. So what he's suggesting, if you feel like you're getting too high, then you can counteract 
too much THC with a little bit of CBD. Am I, is that what you're saying? Right. Yep. Yep. Okay. Now and it's not, I want to take, no, I want to take this a little bit further though, to be honest. Um, we're living in the first time, maybe the last five years or so on a mainstream level, the first time in human history where CBD has been able to be cultivated separately from cannabis and its other properties where we can go ahead and you can smoke a joint that only relaxes you and doesn't get you high, so to speak, air quotes, uh, where you can put an oil on your knee and you'll have like healing on your on your knee, but you won't feel that psychoactive experience that people do when they smoke a joint. Am I wrong, Garrett? No, no, you're exactly right. And like you're saying, you can put that on your joint. It's going to act Perfect. like any other salve, but it's it has like that extra property of that CBD, which is going to be like, a, like I said, an anti-inflammatory. And that is the main cause of a lot of pain is yep. inflammatory. Or and Actually, actually, and this is something I wholly subscribe to. And this is why I live my life the way I do in a lot of different ways. But everything comes from from inflammation. Like if you look at the root cause of pretty much everything besides cancer or you know, genetic diseases, everything comes from inflammation. And if you can cut down on that, hey, why not? Why not? So when, when people go to like for medical, you know, uses, is are they using more CBD than, you know, THC? Or is it like case dependent on, you know, if you say, you know, I have whatever, go get cannabis. Are they looking more for the CBD for the healing properties type of thing or? Yeah, if that, I would say if that's what they're after. Um, like if you're battling something like I deal with a little bit with like anxiety, I'll get that like weird uh, buzziness. I don't want to take something high in THC because it's just going to accelerate that. Like, And, and there's pretty much, two, well, I mean, I know there's not, but they're essentially like two, two and a half like categories, correct? Like, uh, uh, sativa and uh, the other one, indica, yeah. and then hybrids, right? Yeah, but everything nowadays is pretty much uh, what we call is just like a polyhybrid, where everything is yep. just a fucking jumbled mess. And there are uh, dominants, but um, it kind of it kind of can be tricky because uh, you can have different what we call phenotypes, where um, say you have this one strain. Uh, let's just take OG Kush for example. Yes. Um, because everybody has heard of OG Kush, um, you can have a, like 20 different seeds of OG Kush and pop all those seeds with varying uh, outcomes. So you could have something that may feel a little more uh, uppity or buzzy or sativa, quote unquote, to make it easy. Um, and then you'll have some that will just like smack you into the couch, which are more like indica. And so, I mean, it is pretty variable. And that's why the rec market is in such a fucking weird state right now is because every everything honestly is kind of fucked up up here because you can take a strain and without ramifications from any kind of government or enforcement or anything you could call something com something completely different and rebrand it as something completely different and that's where the rec market is a really kind of scary place for somebody to really start unless you're talking to somebody who knows their shit okay can i give my two cents on that there is an exploding situation where not only, like you said, what, it, what did you call it? I, I had never heard that term, but I agree with it. And that's what's happening. Like quantum cross hybrids <laughs> or some shit like that. Uh, polyhybridization. 
say shit. Come on. I'm <laughs> saying the same thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what you're saying is right because not only are things being like they're having their names changed and used for marketing purposes, or maybe I'll grow the same exact stream and just change the name and then people think it's my stream. But right. I've also seen the opposite where people try to make things stronger and make things stronger. And then I kind of compare this to like old school fast food. You know, I, I, you know, I know I'm older than you, but I remember when a bacon, egg and cheese tasted good from McDonald's, you know what I mean? And now I eat it and my face feels greasy for six hours. Haven't had one in 10 years. Top of your, top of your mouth. <laughs> yeah. 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 And you're thirsty. Yeah. It's disgusting. And my perfect example uh, in the cannabis form for that is I'm going to say that I was here in New York City for New York City Sour Diesel, which the Internet wasn't great back then. So you used to like Google was fledgling. I was mostly using Yahoo, Alta Vista at that time. It was that early. No, I already (laughs) knew he was full of shit. I don't I don't trust the foreigners with my answers. I'm sorry, Jeeves. If you're willing to submit to me so easily for free, uh-uh. I don't, I don't want to hear you have to say you yes, man. Anyway, New York City Sour Diesel. First time I saw it. You guys watch The Simpsons? Yes. I used to. Okay, so you know the intro where mm-hmm. Homer has the glowing green rod mm-hmm. and he pulls it out of his back and throws it into the street? Oh, did you catch a fly? <laughs> I thought it ca- ca- caught your rod that you threw. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, my bad. I have, I have fungus gnats all over because these plants and shit, and I live, honestly, in the woods in this apartment. And there's, yeah, there's little gnats that just fly all over the place. For those of you at home, this dude just caught a fly with a pair of chopsticks like Mr. Miyagi, who can't <laughs> witness this, like, on video. That just happened. So, yeah, like I was saying, New York City, uh, <laughs> New York City Sour Diesel, boom, boom, boom. It looked like the glowing rod. It was fucking neon green it smelled like a skunk died in my apartment i would smoke like you know you smoke a dime bag and you got to take a two-hour nap and i've seen it evolve to where it's at now and it has like hints of kush and it doesn't stink it stinks but in a different way and i feel like like strains like that have become have become victim to what you were saying the quant the, the quantum mechanics of the cannabis universe as yeah no um and actually i was just talking to a buddy about this actually my co-host and uh it was it was back in the day like all weed just smelled like skunk roadkill like it was just dank shit um or and now- or there were two types the other type was it smelled like old puerto rican man's cologne <laughs> okay we didn't have that over here but <laughs> trust me my dad's an old puerto rican man and sometimes <laughs> Yeah, but uh, now they, uh, they, this polyhybridization or quantum mechanics, as you want to call it, um, is, is breeding for terpenes, which are all those flavonoids and smells that you smell off of it. And they want to get those candy terpenes or orange terpenes, which are just the flavors and smells that come off the plant. And that's why they're doing all this poly crossing, polyhybridization, uh, because they just want to breed for that stuff. They want it to smell good. They want it to look purple. You know, remember when purple weed came out, yeah. I remember when purple weed came out and it was just yep. the biggest fucking deal. Uh, but now everything's purple. Yo. Um, so to that point, and this is something I've been theorizing for a minute. Do you think 
I mean, obviously you do think this people are obviously um, growing to have like more, let's call them attractive trichomes, right? Yeah, like you want your shit looking dusty for a good Instagram pic so you could sell your strength to someone else. Yeah. We call that bag appeal. Yeah. Oh, ooh. yeah. You just want it to bag look appeal. at curve appeal. Bag appeal. Yeah. Um, but also, uh, Matt Hamity, do you know what trichomes are? Uh, no, other than if you grab three cones from your bathroom and then stick them together, you'd have a trichome. Uh, actually, the trichome is the story of you going to an ice cream truck and you get three ice cream cones. Yes, can uh, I try those cones? Yes, <laughs> Garrett, can you can you put them on if you don't mind? Oh, well, what trichomes are? Yeah, uh, yeah. they're the they're the little uh, the little sticky pods that kind of grow. They're basically what it's the resin of of the weed plant, and that's what holds all your THC, CBD, and all all the other shit, terpenes and whatnot. And that is, uh, they kind of look like little mushrooms if you have a magnifying glass. Um, and they vary um, from clear to, to, to cloudy, to amber, to purple. And those are uh, essentially right. what makes all your weed sticky. So like when you talk about your bag appeal, you, you kind of, if you like an ideal situation, you said you kind of want it to look cloudy and like uh, either like purple or whatever. That, yeah, that's... you want to be frosty, uh, definitely. But there are um, there are certain things that people look for, and a lot of people, I think, in the in the recreational market, and this is probably the worst offense uh, that the rec market kind of started to do was a uh, or make popular is putting percentages on the bag, which is honestly one of the worst things that they could possibly have done. In my and opinion, and why do you say that? Well, can because I ask, wait, 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 wait? When you say percentages, yeah. what Fair are enough. What are you referring to? What what kind of percentage? Oh, yeah. Okay. So like THC percentages, that's the main one that people look for. Um, you know, um, if you were to look at, I guess you can't really look back in time, but if you were to look at like weed, we were talking about when it just smelled like skunky road roadkill. Um, it, it, we didn't, we didn't look at percentage. We didn't test back in the day. Um, so we have no real idea of what, you know, we were looking at, but they have kind of, just guessed and uh, come up with something along the lines of like, you know, between 12 and 17%. But nowadays, well, wait a are- second, again, you're younger than us. So what I will tell the fans listening at home is um, the estimates come from, you know, l- law enforcement, FBI, all that shit, taking the weed that they find and testing all of it. And all the way up through like the late 80s, it averaged like six to eight percent. Eight percent was great shit. And then in the 90s, it like he said, jumped into like 12. And then when hydro came out, then it started jumping and jumping and jumping. And then at the same time, that hydroponic, which I'm sure you'll explain to him in a second, at the same time, hydroponic uh harvest or plant planting, plantationing. Uh, became available at the same time places were also giving medical marijuana laws a chop and at that point you started seeing a convergence of big money and big research with you know redneck research and people were figuring out the best ways to harvest the best marijuana and now so from the 80s to right now we THC potency percentage wise has gone from let's say max 14 percent 
to what? 38%? I've seen 38%. Ooh, 38% is probably so. I don't believe it. But I don't no, believe it. Yeah. But I've seen it. That's, I've gotten that's, consistent 32, though. Yeah. But for years. Consistent 32 could be, you know, whatever company is paying off the, you know, just stroking someone on the side. Also true. Like, yeah. Uh, 30 is is pretty incredible to pull off. It happens in, in a couple different cultivars, like pretty standard, but it's it's still even pushing some boundaries. Uh, and, and it's not it's not ideal also because what you're doing there is pushing all the other important things um, out. Uh, when you're just jacking up one number, you're pushing everything back down. And there are also websites that sell seeds, which are CBD heavy and supposedly don't get you that high. And it's a CBD flower. Right. So I had a question a while back and just couldn't get it in, but um so when you talk about your different strands of OB, uh, OG Kush or uh, I can't think of anything else, but if assuming that no one like modifies modifies it, if you is it going to be the same if I pick it up in Washington or if I pick it up in Florida? Is that kind of like uh, like I said once again, unless someone messes with it, you know, is is it going to be the same no matter where you get it? It would depend on how that plant was actually, how it started essentially. So if you took seeds and you planted those seeds and one seed in Florida and one seed in, uh, up here in Washington, no, they're not going to be the same because they're two, they're like brothers and sisters, right? Or uh, they're not twins. So, um, so to circumvent that and to keep stuff and that this is where a lot of old school strains like ChemDog, OG Kush, uh, stuff like that comes from is cloning. And so I don't know if you guys are familiar with I mean, you could do this with multiple different plants, but cloning is just taking one piece of that plant and um, taking some hormone, uh, in this case, like rooting hormone, um, and putting that uh, around where you cut and then propagating that into something and making sure it's in 100% humidity. Um, and you can do this, like I said, with multiple different plants. They do that with apple trees. Basically, all apple trees are almost are almost any plant if you have the right technique. Right. Um, yeah, so uh, that's pretty much how you keep the same thing. But even then, even if you grew it in uh, the same clone, you took two clones and you took one to Florida and one up here in Washington, they have t they have different growing environments and the people growing them have different growing practices. And those are all going to influence how that plant grows and produces. So uh, it's it's really tricky um, to kind of to, to kind of say that this is the same as this in any scenario. I mean, would it be close? Like if you like a blind taste test or whatever, like would would you would it be possible to say, well, this is probably this because I, I recognize the how it hits, what how, how quick it activates, or is it kind of, you know, not really? Um I mean, just sense. from like a taste test, there's there there's so much out there that like you can't just like say this tastes like this, so they're the same. Um, yeah, I agree with that. And let's be honest, the best weed connoisseur, if you did a blind taste test, you could probably guess strain dominance at best. Like right, this is yeah. a Kush, this is a Haze, you know. Right, right. Um, there are definitely terpene or flavor profiles that match with like even like sativa and indica stuff. And that's kind of one of the newer things that I've seen within the past, like three to five years that that's that they're kind of leaning on that to determine um strain 
dominance as far as like sativa and indica go. Cause uh, if you think of something like here's a terpene limonene, which is responsible of course for like lime, lemon and citrus terpenes. Um, and you think of like something like pine saw, you know, uh, when you smell pine saw and you're like cleaning, you, you feel kind of invigorated. It's just kind of something in the brain that like clicks with that. And so you're just going to feel that kind of like energy. Whereas like, if you have something like linalool, which is like a lavender based terpene and you think of lavender, right. That's going to be like more of like a calming sedative kind of terpene. So that's kind of the method they're, they're looking at as far as current is that I've seen. Um, but also like genetic uh, genetic marker testing is something that they're also looking at, but people are really skeptical to do that too, because uh, breeders are really prideful of their genetics and don't want people taking them and using them and abusing them. So you mentioned about strain, uh, strain dominance, uh, and like Kush and uh, uh, Haze and stuff like that. Is that kind of like, for lack of terms, like a, fla- like a flavor profile, you, you can taste more or feel or whatever more, of one thing over the other. I mean, yeah. And I don't think anybody who's new to it is going to notice, but like you said, like, uh, like a connoisseur or somebody who's been smoking for a while is going to pick that up pretty, pretty quickly, especially in the smell. Like the, the first initial smell is going to give you a pretty good idea uh, of what. there. And then what about like, uh, we talked about this, about growing techniques. Uh, when you're talking about hydroponics, is that like, I, I almost want to say revolutionize the the growing pro- process. I mean, or how did how did that affect, yeah, growing technique? Uh, well, if you've ever seen Trailer Park Boys, you'll you'll learn about hydro. No. Um, but I, mean, I watch well, I watch Weeds on uh, Showtime. Does that count for anything? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know enough about weeds to. Anyway, um, but I've hydro- seen it a few times. It they weren't wrong. It wasn't the best technique, but they weren't wrong. Uh, hydroponics is is uh, basically a soilless media or, I mean, yeah. So the traditional way to grow, right, would be just plant something in the ground in a soil. Um, and that's kind of been phased out as far as like uh, mainstream and like big corporations, they'll definitely use more of like a hydroponic system, which is basically just like, continuously irrigated whereas like soil and that's how i grow is soil because it's just super easy to maintain i only have to water it every two days or so but hydroponics is just generally a forever getting irrigated cycled through the day letting it dry out and then or it could be completely submerged in water you could have your whole root system submerged in water and i've grown that way a couple times but the only uh the way to kind of like get around that because like you can really make a plant drown in water if you just have the roots just sitting in water you have to have oxygen going in that water so yeah i guess that's the big difference between hydroponics and soil so with hydroponics you're is it kind of like floating in in a sense i mean there's like no like soil at all or no so the the reason they call it soilless is because it's not it's not like building blocks of soil right soil is like comprised of like humus which is uh like really really fine dark coffee like dirt um and then um, that you put on pita bread and spent 12 dollars for in the wrap yeah yeah humus <laughs> uh <laughs> which it can be like earthworm poop uh and then there's compost that they usually add into that and then some sort of aeration whether it be perlite or rocks or sand or whatever for those of you um, at home perlite is a styrofoam 
those little like white bees that you find in your potted plants and they provide yeah. like aeration. Yeah. If you got miracle grow, you you've seen perlite. It's just that little white, those little yep. white rocks. It's, it's kind of tricky to say soilless in, um, hydroponics because there is a media there. So in our facility here that I work at, we use a uh, cocoa core, cocoa choir. I don't know how to say that, but it's basically uh, coconut husks that, that are just ground up to like a bark like consistency. And um, it, it, it has a dry out period that you, you will need to continuously feed. So it, uh, it retains water, but not as good as soil. So it drains really easily. And then there's other medias like peat, peat moss, which that's all over and like harvested, I think in like Florida, and that retains moisture like a motherfucker, but they still consider it hydroponics. Uh, and then hydroponics can also mean literally, yeah, like you said, floating in water, but you do need to have uh, some kind of aeration to it. And then there's other stuff like aeroponics and other shit, aquaponics that I just really won't get into because that's out of my element. So, I mean, because like some of those ones, the corn husk and uh, I'm sorry, coconut husk that like don't retain the water. That's why you're constantly like cycling through because it's like you're you're using up any oxygen or whatever it's going to take. And then, you know, just constantly replenishing it. Yeah. And not to get and I don't want to I just didn't want to get too like sciency into it because there is a lot of, of reasoning behind why they would call it hydroponics. There's something that's called a cation exchange. And that's when you start talking about like elements and how they interact with each other and how they either complement or um, antagonize each other. And that's just like really an in-depth part of that conversation that I don't really think we need to get into. I mean, I, I don't know about anybody else who's listening, but I'm sure like after this episode, I might have to listen to this a few times just to kind of get all the terminology and maybe do some more research on it myself. But yeah, I mean, you're throwing all these turns, which is fine. Cause I'm, like I said, I'm coming from a background that, I don't really know a lot about it. I mean, I had a couple edibles. Like I said, I smoked a couple times, but to get as in depth as this is definitely, yeah, it's not going to be done in an hour's worth for sure. Right. And that's, yeah, that's why I'm trying to keep it like basic ish. Uh, I didn't want to get too technical because I can if you want, but I really don't think that it's necessary for your podcast. And I talk My about bad for the questions. Podcast that's, that's like weed <laughs> focused. So, I mean, but what were you saying, Meta? I was just saying my bad for the questions. That's how we got derailed and in depth. <laughs> no, I mean I like learning things. I mean, so I'm I'm trying to soak it all in, and like I said, I'll later on I'll I'll go more in depth of you know the pearl lights and. Uh, and you really uh, want to learn something? <laughs> you really want to learn something, Garrett? Can um, what is your knowledge of cannabis? and its relationship to glaucoma honestly i don't uh i've not really met anybody who struggles with glaucoma i just know that it was one of the easiest ways to get a medical card uh, back in the day that's about my experience with it they've all been cured by it so that's why you don't know anybody <laughs> <laughs> so check this out so like i was like 15 years old and my dad was telling me like he was having these weird issues with his eyes and you know, 15, the early, again, Yahoo, maybe Google. And I'm out here and I'm searching his symptoms and it seemed like he had glaucoma. So I told him and he went to his doctor. It turns out he did have glaucoma. And after he retired, he started smoking weed again for the first time since like the late 70s or what have you. And apparently, uh, you know, cannabis brings down 
what glaucoma is, is having too much pressure in your, in your eye, uh, in certain, I don't know, nerves and veins and things like that. There's just too much eye pressure. There's so much, like it's about to erupt basically. And what cannabis does is it brings all that eye pressure down. Now that's good in a general sense. By that definition, I get glaucoma every time I smoke weed. So, Oh, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Well played, sir. (laughs) My eyes just get all really pressury. Yeah, no. Um, Go ahead. Sorry. No, yeah, all good. We always love the jokes. So now, apparently, when you have glaucoma, it's a good general practice to uh, ingest cannabis. But here's what you don't want to do. You don't want to smoke weed right before you go to your eye doctor because then your pressure goes down for the exam and then it's an inaccurate reading. We don't know what your baseline eye pressure is. We know what your after weed eye pressure is. You know what I mean? And that's not exactly accurate. So for those of you at home who may have glaucoma, I want you to know that. Let me also put this out there. There is um, there is a way. I'm not sure exactly what the recipe is. The same way that, like, you know, you have to be very specific about how you make weed butter and weed oil. There is a recipe for making eye drops, cannabis eye drops. And you could take that, cool it, and then just drop them into your eyes, you know, every hour and just relieve your pressure in your eyes. And my father has tried that and it works for him. Nice. Oh, oh, dude, uh, I did want to kind of go back to um, you were talking or asking me about um, like kind of the difference between edibles and smoking, like how they differ. And the way I kind of explain it to like customers and stuff when I worked in the retail spaces, when you smoke, it's definitely more of like a cerebral high and it feels and changes your headspace a lot more. And then when you take edibles, it's definitely more of like a body high. You kind of get numbness, tingling or whatever. So I usually recommend if you have like body aches, uh, either a salve or edibles are great, especially when you dose them properly. And here in Washington, we dose them at like 10 milligrams per gummy, which is a very, very minor dose. Um, And then when you smoke it, it's kind of just like a head shift change. So um, yeah, those are like kind of the main uh, ways that each one will affect you. So, uh, like you said, if you have, I guess like pressure in your eyes, I think like, like, I don't know what the best method, uh, versus like the eye drops would be, uh, smoking or, or taking edibles. I think either could be pretty beneficial. Is, uh, is smoking and edibles pretty much the, uh, predominant source of intake or is there other forms of, you know, like vapes or what have you? I try to stay away from vapes, honestly, because a lot of them are made, uh, and I mentioned this earlier very briefly, but like distillate, which is basically distilling it down to raw THC. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. We have to explain the difference between vapes and vapes, because (laughs) when vapes came out, we're talking about a vaporizer. What it does is it heats the weed at a specific temperature, and then you just inhale it for different results. But now vapes came out and those are like oils with potential contaminants depending on where you source it from and you inhale that would you like to go into the difference garrett or am i just being too nitpicky right now uh yeah i think that's just like a little little too in depth i don't think we need to worry about it too much because i think drier vapes which i think is the very first one you were talking about right uh, are kind of phased out whereas like nowadays like also true 
is on like the 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 concentrate vapes nobody really does dry herb vapes too much it's usually out of a pipe wrong joint or whatever they don't worry about putting it into a vaporizer i mean is essentially is it kind of the same process where you you have a, a vat of of you know liquid and you heat it up and you're you're inhaling the the vapors of it i mean if you go to an older style it might have a bigger container that you can share it or where like what's coming out now is more personal yeah i mean there's still ways to share it i think like honestly yeah i just stay away from vapes uh just because again they're they're just so they're really bland in my opinion um and there's a bunch of different vapes but the most common one is like i was saying distillate which is just a raw thc process and all you're basically smoking is THC and whatever flavor they added to it, which could be like you were, like he was saying, contaminants, uh, um, or just like added botanical terpenes, which is, can be derived from fruits or whatever, just to make it taste like grape. You know how they do in these little nicotine sticks and whatnot. They'll just put a flavoring out there to market it to unfortunately kids, um, or people who just don't like the flavor of weed or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's just a very bland or very, Um, I describe it to people as like, it's like driving a car and all you have is the gas pedal. Um, whereas like you, when you smoke, (laughs) (laughs) when you smoke weed, like herb, you have your steering wheel, you have your transmission, you have, you have your gears, you have everything. And what they call that is the entourage effect. And it's just the combination of everything. And don't more people like get hurt or even die from like the the vape concentrate that or it's coming out now it's just so like they try to make it you know they try to put the crunch berries in it just to make it taste the way uh they want it to like this tastes like pineapple this tastes like grape you know where all that mixing of stuff uh, the snozberries taste like snozberries <laughs> that was a i don't want to call it a government conspiracy but that was one thing that unfortunately yeah, it was. the cannabis industry yeah it was uh got kind of lumped in with the whole jewel bullshit that kind of went around that was like this vitamin e acetate or whatever they wanted to put it was this preservative or whatever i don't even know what it was can i I, can i can i take it a step further yeah um during this whole situation that we're speaking about where the mainstream media demonized vaping and different cannabis oils and things of the of that nature what they did they did a full iraq afghanistan situation where yep. they were like, oh, people are dying of uh, K2 and spice. We can't let them have these vape oils. It's like, no, that's one thing. And this is a different thing. We don't need to go to war on both. All right. Can, yeah. can either one of you, Garrett, whatever, can you explain what K2 or spice is real quick? Because, Garrett, like that's I said, you. <laughs> like no, I said, Meta, that's you, brother. You brought it up. That's you. <laughs> all right. So K2 and spice um, are the generic terms for synthetic uh, cannabis and they're sold, you know, in little like baggies, uh, which is about the size of an eighth and in bodegas and delis across America for a good while, they sold for like five to 15 bucks. And the thing is they were not technically illegal because they were synthetic versions or attempts at synthetic versions of the molecule structure of THC, which is the thing that gets you high. So you cannot fail a drug test on this, but you could get high as fuck. 
But then it got out of hand once they started banning different molecule structures and they kept banning them and they kept banning them. And then the manufacturers kept changing everything. And it became more and more likely that you could potentially trigger schizophrenia or different things like depression and mental illness of all sorts by smoking these like lower end strains, like further down the line strains. Uh, with that, there is a documentary. I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, it's like 10 years old on Vice where they went out to follow a bunch of people, uh, Brooklyn EMTs, and they thought they were going to see like gunshots and shit like that. And basically the whole day ended up them picking up people who had OD'd on this synthetic version of cannabis. And then they decided to shift what they were going to make their story. And then they released it on Vice as a story about synthetic cannabis outbreaks in Brooklyn. And I witnessed all of that. And I, yo, I, I, I'm not going to lie. Me and a friend, we couldn't get our weed dealer one day. And he was my roommate, actually. And we smoked that shit. We got super high. I decided to, like, watch movies. And he went to sleep. And this dude came back 15 minutes later crying, telling me that the devil possessed his room. I kid you not. I kid you not. And then there was another person that I knew who was someone that I worked with closely, like uh, as a colleague. And they started dating a person. And she was like, yo, he got me into weed. And I was like, word, you don't even smoke weed. What? Uh, word? Blah, blah, blah. And then one day she came over and she was like, yo, I got some weed. You want to smoke some weed? And it was definitely synthetic marijuana. And I was I was like, yo, this is what this is. Don't smoke this shit. Because I had already had that previous experience. And she ended up keep smoking it. She had a nervous breakdown. She had to move back to her hometown. Like her life was never the same after that. I've witnessed it. I've seen people smoking fucking K2 on the train in the subway, like straight up bums who sleep there. It is not a good thing. I am pro live your life how you want to, but this particular thing, I cannot, I can't co-sign this. Yeah. I don't think that there's a positive really ever story. My brother even had, had spiced one time and he, uh, he almost went into that schizophrenic kind of realm. He said he kind of smoked it and kind of wound up with his knees to his chest in the corner and felt like he was dying and yep. felt that he had died. And uh, paramedics had to come and kind of, calm him down and he can't even smoke weed anymore because of how, how psychologically fucked up he is from it. Yeah. I had a friend that, uh, yeah, she told me, uh, she was having some edibles and all of a sudden, like she was just having a huge panic attack and she ended up calling the ambulance and going to the hospital. And I think she still every once in a while will try it, but yeah, it's, I, I didn't really think that was, you could really, well, you can't really die off of marijuana in itself. Correct. No, you need to smoke something like, I don't, I don't even remember the figure. I, 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 I think, uh, I think the, what is it? LD 50, like half a fatal dose is like 340 pounds of marijuana. Yeah. I think it was, I was taking my like Washington medical course and they said something along the lines of you'd have to smoke like 10,000 joints simultaneously. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> to like even you, be considered like lethal, you know, like to even, you would have to dilute somewhat. your blood with so much wax that you just couldn't function. Yeah. So, Garrett, let me ask you one kind of final question before we close out this episode. If uh, someone out there is at home listening or wherever they're listening to the show, 
uh, and they want to like they have the urge of trying cannabis for the first time. Is there a uh, like go to method or or delivery system that you would recommend? Um, and the safest way. Yeah, the safest way. Yeah, I think uh, generally when I, I deal with first time consumers, I always recommend, you know, I kind of figure out what their intention is with it. Um, if they have a purpose or, or goal in mind, but if they just want to try it, I always recommend something with a low THC percentage, maybe eight to 10% and uh, possibly something that's like a one-to-one, even eight to 10% THC, eight to 10% CBD. That's yeah. probably going to be your safest method. And then like smoke it out of just like a, a pipe or a bong or roll it up into a joint. Personally, a joint is my favorite method because it's the cleanest uh, smoke. Blunts are a great option too, but you also have that like nicotine. Um, and I saw you smoking a blunt in there. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Check this out. <laughs> so I constantly teeter between blunts and joints. I like the joints because they keep me on point where it's like, I won't over smoke. Sometimes you just need a joint in the middle of your day, but I like the blunts cause you know, blunts are awesome. So I was smoking a joint today. Right. And I was looking at the raw package and like- I'm like, how, <laughs> It, it, okay, so it I says you, on I it. see you tear your raw uh, thing for the crutch. Yo, I got. they gave me the wrong one. I didn't get the filter one. I was so <laughs> upset. I paid for the filter one. It's on my receipt. That's some bullshit. <laughs> it is. So look, I'm looking. It says natural unfiltered rolling paper. Bet. I'm still smoking paper, though. So, I mean, come on. Smoking a bong, smoking a bowl. I know all that is personal preference as far as ingestion method. But like that has to be safer, right? That has to be healthier. There was actually a study, and I can't quote exactly what what this study said, but it was something. Yes, this is what I'm looking for. Of of so when you're inhaling through a pipe, you're inhaling that butane that that lighter is literally just ah oh. right. So the amount of butane that you smoke is is more than you would ever get from the first light of a cigarette or a joint or whatever, right? So uh, it's almost safer to smoke that paper than to just continuously hit that butane. Also, to your point, if we think about it, having like obviously the smoke is coming through at a much higher temperature when it's getting shotgunned through, you know, let's say a bowl or a bong or not a bong, but a bowl for sure. That has to affect like, you know, the whole like mouth cancer situation, burning of the mucous membranes. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera, as opposed to you know taking a a short draw from. I don't know. Maybe I'm just spitballing here. What do you think? I mean, I'm not a scientist, but I come from like <laughs> yeah, you're right. Like, like I said, I, the first time I smoked was out of a two liter, so I come a long way from that, and I don't have any issues from that. Uh, a two liter bomb, right? Term. So realistically, uh, yeah, I would just I, I stick with my safest way is going to be through a joint. I got another question about like you mentioned something about heating it up. Uh, so does the temperature at which if you're going to inhale it, does that have an effect on how it feels, how, you know, how, you know, how it's going to you're going to take it in? Do you want it uh, a more cooler coming in? Do you want it more hot? I mean, or does personal preference? That's kind of a personal preference thing. But again, if you're like thinking of like a medicinal purpose and going back to like the, what we were talking about vapes earlier and dry herb vapes, dry herb vapes now are kind of pretty technical. Um, and that you can set the, 
the the temperature on it so that way you burn exactly what you need to rather than burning the whole plant matter and inhaling all that plant matter you can burn off exactly what you need uh whether it be just the terpenes and other cannabinoids and just get that rather than uh inhaling again like i said all this the plant matter um so you can save your lungs that way so i guess yeah that might be the ultimate safest way but again it can be cost costly uh, Full circle. Those... Metal World Thief was right. Yeah, sure. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know on like when you smoke a cigar, they suggest that, you know, it's a social smoke environment. So you don't want to be like puffing on it like you're a train. You, you know, take a puff every 30, you know, 45 seconds. You want that ash to give you a nice uh, insulation. So you're pulling in more cool. So if you start pulling in hot, uh, you know, tobacco then it's just not going to taste good you're not going to get the full leathers or earth or whatever you're you're smoking so i didn't know if smoking cannabis was on a similar matter yeah i i would say so but it um i don't think it matters as much as like uh like a like a cigar would um and also uh like i said there's all this resin that you're basically pulling through this joint and so you're halfway through your joint basically all that taste and whatnot and that flavor is is muddled through all this uh pulled through like even sometimes you pull away and that on the tip of your joint it'll just be you know brownish resinous because all that has just really pulled through in the smoke and so uh again this what like the the filters and tips they don't really do much but they will keep your weed from getting in your mouth <laughs> um but i wouldn't compare them too much to cigars um as far as like the heat, I mean, as far as a more enjoyable smoke, you probably won't like want to hit that joint a hundred times, uh, really quickly. But again, it, it kind of boils down to personal preference at the end of the day. Okay. Uh, so like I said, I think we're going to close this episode out, but, uh, meta, if you wouldn't mind, where can the people find you if they were trying to find you at metal world thief on all social networks, flappy gums podcast on YouTube at metal world thief on YouTube. Thank you for having me, sir. Garrett, what about yourself? If people are looking for you, they want to find out more, where can they uh, find you? Uh, well, my initial uh, Instagram is going to be the birdseed botanist. And then, uh, of course, my my podcast, you can find us on all pretty much podcasts at uh, Smoking With um, and uh, Instagram and Twitter, Smoking With Podcast. All right. Um, unless anyone else has anything to add, um, I'm going to close this episode off here. So I want to say, Thank you, everyone, for listening, and goodbye. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Firing Synapses with Matt Hamity. I want to thank everyone who listened to the show. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with your friends. Also, feel free to send all questions, comments, constructive criticisms, and new topics to mhamityphoto at gmail.com. That's M-H-A-M-I-D-Y photo at gmail.com. It just may end up on a future episode. If you would also like to help the show, you can follow me on all your social media platforms, which includes Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it's still free. Otherwise... Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>